ain't there yet. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I have no idea how to start this podcast. <laughs> I, I don't either. We, we've been sitting around talking for 15 minutes and we have no idea how to start this podcast. Maybe that's, we don't know how to start it because it's all about the end. Oh. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Exactly. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Leave it to our guests. To How's your week going, man? Show. How's your week going? You're Mine? here in person again. I don't even know how. I am fried. I'm frazzled. Mm. I'm stressed. I'm yeah. Work's crazy busy. Um, but I'm here. I'm. Uh, yeah. There you go, man. Absolutely. That's all that matters. Glad, all glad that matters. Of course. So the mystery voice mm. that you keep hearing over here. Is Mr. Pastor, Mr. Pastor, Mr. Pastor. Hey, good title. Yeah. <laughs> just, call me, just call me Mr. Pastor. I, I, I tell, uh, my daughter loves to play with the neighbors all the time, and she'll go, you know, Stacy's home. And I said, that's Miss Stacy to you. That's Miss, so you're Mr. Pastor to her. Cool. All right. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> Let's go with Pastor Darren Walter, and that's Walter, not Walters. That's right. Because no I've been calling you Walters for a couple of years now. I've been called so much worse, man. It's okay. But you it's actually right. have two first names. They loved you so yeah. much, they named you twice. Yeah. There you go. So tell us a little bit about you, man. Well, first of all, love being with you guys. Thank you so much for uh, having me to be part of this tonight, and uh, I'm just looking forward to it. I can't wait. Um, so, married to Amanda, we have four kids, uh, awesome kids, awesome wife, uh, but you know, kind of like you were saying, man, uh, life gets you sometimes, it's not always easy. Um, ministry is uh, a mixed bag of amazing fun stuff and terribly hard stuff all at once, and so um, it's all good uh, when we know, you know, kind of keep our perspective in the right place and keep our eyes on the prize, so to speak, Yeah. but uh, life is good, been at current Christian Church. For 13 years now, and uh, God is doing some really cool stuff in the church right now. Uh, we've been through kind of this like transformation over the last uh, year or so, and yeah. uh, it's really cool to see people just really hungry to go deeper in the Word. Uh, worship is kind of uh, like kind of next level these days, and uh, it really is cool to see a level of intensity among the people that we haven't had in a while. It's really cool. Yeah, so... If you don't know, uh, Darren over here is a pastor of my church, and uh, um, what's your name again? Frank. Frank. Frank's church. <laughs> Justin's church is uh, is the Waters Church in, in Katy, Texas. So, so Darren, you got a couple of kids, right? How many yeah. you got? We have four kids. We have two teenagers, uh, Carson 17, Caroline 16. Then we have two littles. Uh, we call them the littles. Yes. Um, Case is five, and Kerrigan is three. Now, how many of those are adopted? Uh, three of our four are adopted. Yes. So, yeah. And it, I think, if, if I remember right, you adopted the first one because you didn't think you could have one. Yeah, we, we were, you know, we were thinking this is never going to happen. And just like the up and down roller coaster of infertility. And then uh, we heard about adoption, got, 
keyed into that kind of. Uh, well, at least you didn't go the Abraham route, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, not advisable at all. Uh, so didn't work out real well for him it either. Not, yeah. It did not. So uh, we adopted Carson, and shortly after, we found out we were pregnant with Caroline. So, nice, um, very cool. Yeah, it's really amazing, and uh, God's added to our family through foster care, and then ultimately adoption. And uh, it's been an amazing road. We've learned a lot in the process. So, have all yours come through foster care? Uh, Carson did not. Carson okay. was a uh, closed adoption, and uh, Case and Kerrigan were both adopted through foster care. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, when me and my wife had decided um, a couple of years ago, oh gosh, four years, four years ago, five years ago, it's been five. Flies. I think so because it was uh, oh gosh, eighteen, nineteen months before we got her. So almost five years now, maybe maybe right at five years. Um, we had we had thought about the the uh, foster care, but a couple of things were against it. One, we're older, and. Um, Number two, foster parents are a very special, special breed. Mm. You guys, uh, I, I admire and I am in awe of anyone in the foster care system because, I mean, you guys, at, at any moment, the, that, that little person that you've grown so attached to and oh, so yeah. in love with and spent so much time with and invested so much of your energy and, and can be just taken away at any moment. Yeah, in fact, our first foster care experience was like that. We had a little girl in our home for eight months, and she went back to her birth mm. mom, which was the best right thing. Right. But yeah. Man, yeah. it was it was hard. Yeah. It's it's yeah. And so Heather and I decided that we just didn't think we were that strong. Yeah. Um, well, so we, we did a closed adoption. We didn't think we were either, and uh, we weren't. God God had to provide that. We kind of started the journey out uh, with kind of our qualifiers, like, okay, we'll take a foster child if, you know, all the boxes right. are checked. And, you know, as long as this happens and as long as we know this and as long as we're pretty sure they can't be taken away. And God just in the, through the process of, of our experience kind of flipped that phrase on us. And we got to the point where we're saying, okay, God, as long as we have these kids with us, we're going to love them right. under ours. Right, right. Yeah, we had uh, when when we were going. Now we adopted ours through China, uh, and we had the agency, and and so you know now you have two governments crawling up your yeah. entrails. Um, but you know in that process there there's a checklist, and and I hate this, but but there's a checklist. What will you and what will you not? Yeah, be willing to accept. That's a weird thought, isn't it? It really is, yeah. and and you know every time you don't check a box, you're going, oh, which kid am I leaving behind? Yeah. Oh Lord. Uh, okay, maybe maybe I don't. You know, and it's 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 the most difficult thing, you know, because yeah. I mean, when when you get pregnant with a kid, you just you have a kid. It is what it is. Whatever yeah. it comes out, that's yep. what it comes out. Yep. You know, and and whatever issues it has, right. And if he doesn't have any, by the time it's thirteen, fourteen, it will. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, and uh, but yeah, we had to fill out the whole form thing, and it just it just racked us. You know, oh gosh, how can we turn our backs on on all of this? And you know, so, but. Uh, McKenna was, was, was God given to us by, by every, we, we know that, that she was chosen for us and yes. we were chosen for her and, and there was no way the, that we would ever be not together. So pretty awesome. Yeah. It is amazingly awesome. So have y'all ever heard of, and I'm sure you have the, uh, the doomsday clock. Hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. You heard the doomsday yep. clock. Okay. So yeah, those, those who haven't in 1947, <clears throat> Scientists 
came together, and it was right after they had dropped all the. They thought that the world was just advancing way beyond what we could uh, what we could handle. So the so scientists, an atomic scientist, came up with these the uh, the doomsday clock, and it was metaphorical, but it was their representation of how close are we to the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You know how, and and it was not a biblical end of the world. How much longer it is until us idiots destroy ourselves, yes, basically. Right, right. And uh, they set it at seven minutes to midnight. Midnight being the witching hour. Um, in two thousand and oh, what was it? Gosh, I want to remember this. In two thousand and sixteen, they moved it up to three minutes mm. before midnight. And in twenty twenty. Because of COVID and everything else, where do you think we are now? I'm going to go with a minute. Okay. Yeah, minute and a half, two minutes. Minute and a half. We're at we're that. at 100 seconds wow. to midnight. That's that's pretty amazing. So I mean, even the secular world's going. Uh, yeah. yeah, this ain't going to last. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're 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 if God doesn't get us something else is going we're we're going to get ourselves <laughs> we're we're going to we're going to destroy ourselves i mean mm-hmm. i don't know how we haven't right you know it is cuba crazy. was obviously the closest we ever came right. i think but uh i i i would bet that we've been a lot closer than any of us could ever imagine mm. that probably be scary to know for sure yeah uh, do you just how close has have they been to that little button just yeah. maybe not <laughs> Just got off the phone with Boris. Uh, where's that football? Where's that football? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to score a touchdown. Where is it? <laughs> so that being said, being that, you know, even even scientists believe that we're, we're close to the end. Are we? Mm. Are, are we that close? I mean, I think ever since somewhere around 34, 35 AD, we've been saying the end is near. Right, right. You know, I mean, two, three years after Jesus left, we're like, all right, where's he at? All right. Yeah. You know, he said this generation, where he at? Come on. Yeah. And uh, we ain't seen him yet. So is there something different? We brought you on because you did a series in uh, church uh, a few months ago. Yeah. And it was one of the most uh, all-inclusive and well-explained sermon series that I've I've ever seen on the end times and and you you really went through the gamut and and you 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 played a lot of different sides on there you didn't really say okay here's how it is one two three four you you said okay some people think this some people think this some people think this here's what I think some people think that and you went on and so I said my gosh who better to come on you know when when the sky is falling and, and chicken, chicken Little's running around, you know, going crazy. Who better hmm. than Mr. Darren Walter to bring in and say, okay, why is now different than then? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, I love talking about this. And what's interesting to know, you guys uh, maybe wouldn't guess this, but for literally the sum total of my ministry, um, I've been in ministry for 26 years now, uh, I have avoided this topic like the plague. I, I really, I did not. <laughs> they all do. Right? All I did do. not know what was up, and I just, it was full of so much confusion and so many questions. I avoided it uh, yeah, as best I could. There's 65 books in the Bible, right? Yep. And then there's Revelation. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. And so, you know, it's like, um, but I don't know. I, I just, maybe it was the Lord, maybe it was the circumstances of 
just life where we're at right now. But uh, about a year and a half to two years ago, I started getting interested in this topic and studying more about it. And I, I am uh, by no means an expert. Um, I am I am simply learning and trying to learn as much as I can about about this topic. But if if you're asking me, you know, how close are we? Uh, are we living in the end times? The answer is yes, and and certainly by definition, right? Uh, we're living in the church age. Uh, now we've been in that age for a while now, about two thousand years or so. Go, go explain that because I, I had said that once before, and and even before you said it, I looked it up. Explain to me what an age is and how many ages. Because Jesus said at 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 Pentecost, you know, go therefore and make you know disciples of all nations, and surely I will be with you till the end of the age. Yeah. He didn't right. say the end of time, didn't yep. say the end of the world. He said the end of the age. Yes. That intrigued me. What's an age? Yeah. So if you if you look at kind of uh, the timeline from Genesis forward, right, uh, you can kind of divide up history, time, and space into some uh, into some big chunks. And so you've got this Old Testament era, kind of pre-Messiah, right? And so uh, where we look at the, um, you know, the Old Testament era, and then all that's pointing to the coming of Jesus. The Messianic age then would be probably the shortest, obviously, among them all, because yeah. Uh, the Messiah was here for you know thirty some years, and then after Jesus' departure, uh, that began the Church Age. Jesus said, "You know, I'm with you always to the very end of the age," uh, and he's referring to this the age that began as he left, and that's that's where we're at. So I heard it, and and when I kind of looked it up and, and did some research on it, some people say that the first age was from creation to Abraham, yeah, which right. is about two thousand two thousand years. And then from Abraham to Jesus, another two thousand, which is about two thousand years. Yeah, and then we're in the third age, which, by my calculation, yes, in about twelve years, eleven years, yeah. will be two thousand years. Yeah, and what's interesting about that is, uh, so uh, God made the heavens and the earth in six days, and then rested on the seventh. And so, what some people have said is, okay, if we look at those ages, about two thousand years. Um, you know, from beginning to Abraham, Abraham to Jesus, 2,000 years, another 2,000 years from Jesus to present day. That's 6,000 years, 1,000 years for each day of creation. And then a 1,000-year reign. And then the 1,000-year millennium is the seventh You didn't day. say that in your speech, in your in your sermon. You know... Um, wow, that's... Yeah. That's, that's scary. That's something to think about right there. It's it's really you, an amazing parallel. Have you... Have you seen, I've heard you, it. You've heard it that yeah. way? Yeah. I've um, never heard the, the 6,000 and then the one... Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, uh, not only, I mean, not only that information is, is pretty, you know, catches your attention, right? But you just think about the things that have happened in history, in recent history. And I think the biggest step toward end times that gets my attention is the reestablishment of Israel as a nation in 1948. I was going to say, that was in 48. Yep. Uh, but they didn't actually become a nation until, uh, what was it, 67, I believe. 67, right. yeah, yeah, where they actually, the UN actually recognized them. Right, and, sure. and they became a sovereign nation, yeah. and they all came home. Yeah. But yeah, that was the biggest mass uh, coming back, Yes, you know, in, in 1948 when they said, okay, you're now a nation again. Yes. And everybody that had been spread all over the world said, oh, we now have a home. And they all, you know, came back, which is very prophetic absolutely um but but my i guess there's uh i forgot how many prophecies there are there there's Mm -hmm. i think i think somebody counted them one time it was like 560 something of them Mm -hmm. 
And if looking at them, uh, I, I was watching a program the other day that said we have completed 79% of the 565 prophecies about the end of the world. That would not be surprising to me. Um, and and I, I would say a fair fair number of those are going to be fulfilled in the last seven years. Well, and that's what they said, too. Yeah, they said, yeah. Now, some of this is going to be, you know, say 10% of this yeah. is going to be fulfilled once it's already begun. Yeah. And so we're looking at 9% yeah. before doomsday. You just think about technological advancements alone, right? Um, you know, in Revelation 11, the Bible says that uh, people from every nation will see the two witnesses' bodies lying in the in the town square, right? And so a hundred years ago, you read that you read that prophecy and you're like, how in the world, short of God projecting that on a cloud for everybody to see, how in the which world he could do. which he could do yeah. if he wanted to. But how how is that gonna happen? And then now we're walking around with our phones in our hands and seeing things in real time. Man, that's a good point. Right? That's a darn good point. Yeah, and with the Olivet Discourse, he said that you know, all nations will hear the gospel before it's coming back. Exactly. And this is, so it's God's way of using that technology um, to not only fulfill that prophecy, but also disseminate his word a million times faster than they did in the early Absolutely. church days or even the right. 1400s or something. I'm really glad you, you brought that up, Justin, because uh, I just got uh, turned on to a book called And Then the End Will Come. It's by a guy who I had the pleasure of uh, becoming good friends with. Uh, Doug Cobb, who was an elder at a church in Louisville where I served, and did not know that Doug had written this book. And it is about that very that very statement of Jesus that the gospel will be preached throughout the world. And so, short version of that is there's about twelve thousand people groups in the world, and so Christians have been trying to to chip away at that number for years and years and years, right, and get the gospel to every nation or people group is probably a better way to say it. And so um, through the work that's been done and, and the organization that's been put to that, uh, we are, are literally um, a few hundred people groups away from accomplishing that goal, which is mind-blowing to me. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard somebody put it that way, that, yeah, Jesus will come back when every ear has heard the gospel. There you go. And I was like, well, what are we waiting for? Let's find them. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's find those exactly. people. Yeah. Dig them out. Let's get more podcasts going. Come yeah. on. Boobly, boobly down that hole down there. we got to find him and say, hey, Jesus loves you. All right, you yes. coming? You coming? Come on, come on. <laughs> so, so you would say that, that you know, well, obviously, you know, we're closer than we've ever been, obviously. And right. Every day we, we live, closer. we're closer yep. than we've ever been. But do you believe it'll be in our lifetime? Uh, of course, nobody knows when. You know, the Lord may decide, you know, another couple thousand years to go, right? But I, I, I can tell you this. I would not be surprised if this happened in our lifetimes. I, I, I am, from, from what I see in the scripture and from what I see in the world around us, um, I, I am expectantly watching for the Lord's return. I, I believe it will be soon. Yeah. So, I, I I can't remember. I, I'm terrible about remembering where it is in Scripture, but I can tell you that it's there. It's there, right? Yep. But I can't tell you where it is. Sometimes I can, but sometimes I can't. But, you know, Scripture talks about Jesus when he was, um, I think it was right before he, he was to depart, he was talking to the, the disciples and telling them how they would know the end would come. Hmm. 
and you will see these signs and you will see this and you will see that just as the fig tree when you see it sprouting you know that it's springtime yes and so just as we see some of these signs we're going to know oh it's the beginning of the birth pains mm-hmm. you know which we've already had a lot of the birth pains yes so to me i think we're 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 coming into the labor portion of this you know birthing analogy that he said yes but one thing that caught my eye was last year no 2 years ago when trump sat down and harbored the peace treaty with the middle east yeah. and was successful yep and everyone went, yay, Trump, good job, that was awesome. And I'm sitting here going, well, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's this thing in the Bible that says the guy who does that. Yep. Yep. Uh, now, it was not with Israel. Uh, right. It was with other Middle Eastern. But mm-hmm. there were talks that Israel was coming around and that they were to be included with this. So I'm just thinking, if he'd have had that second term, yeah. would we have brought the Palestinians and the Israelites into that, mm-hmm. um, which then would make Donald Trump the Antichrist. But, Interesting thought. Yeah, but but you know, I, I some think people that, believe that well, already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Depends on who you ask. Right, right, right. Right. So what's interesting is, uh, you know, uh, Daniel nine talks about the seventy weeks prophecy, right? Weeks of years. So these are um, these are uh, basically we're talking about four hundred ninety years. Uh, from the time Artaxerxes gives the decree to build the temple all the way up to the coming of the Messiah. That was 483 years exactly. The last seven years, or the last week of years, if you will, is remaining. And so that's the seven years of tribulation. And so uh, we're, we're kind of waiting for the shoe to drop on that. Now, Daniel 9.27 tells us that the Antichrist will confirm a covenant with many, right? And so the word confirmed there seems to indicate that perhaps that treaty or that agreement will be built on some pre-existing treaty or or a start to that. And I, I have to wonder if maybe the Abraham Accords that you're talking about uh, are, are not maybe the prerequisite there. Right. Uh, and so it may be that the Antichrist comes along and builds on that foundation that's already been established. Yeah, because I love Trump. You know, it's funny that we, you know, we think the <laughs> we think the Antichrist is like whatever American president we don't like at the time, right? Exactly. Right, right. You know, so uh, oh no, I, I well, I you know, somebody told me that you know there is the Antichrist, yep, and then there's lots of Antichrists out there, and you know, yep. Oprah, um, Joel Osteen, not to name names, right? I got here. I got no issue. <laughs> I can pretty much guarantee that Oprah Winfrey is not listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. And if you are, you the Antichrist girl. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting to see, uh, watch the Middle East and see that unfold. And uh, you know, we just we just got past the uh, eleven day, you know, kind of mini war. Yeah. Uh, right uh, in Israel, and so it's going to be interesting to see uh, if things hook up there again. And it may be, you know, we may see a more intense war come, and perhaps. It's after that 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 peace agreement is established. Yeah, um, but we got to build a temple, right? We do, and so part of that agreement, I believe, um, that the Bible speaks of in Daniel nine, I think part of that agreement is going to be some sort of permission given to uh, Israel to rebuild the temple. Uh, yeah, and I, and I wonder is it is it going to be a rebuilding of the temple or are they going to take over? A what's temple, already there. What's already yeah. there. That's possible. I think, you know, and the other thing to keep in mind is it could certainly be a 
full-fledged temple. It can also be a tent. That, that was the Old Testament model, right? The only problem is it took Solomon a while to build that. Right. Now, uh, what I have seen in, in some research is that uh, they have plans for the new temple already in place. They've oh, got sure. furniture and storage. Uh, they've got the materials set aside. They are ready to go. Well, isn't it impossible to be an Orthodox Jew right now? Mm. I mean, literally, it's yeah. it's literally impossible. Right, because the sacrifices because are not happening. there's no sacrifices. Yeah, you, right. you have nowhere to go. You have nothing to, you know, yeah. so Ramadan and what's the other one? Um, what's the other one? Uh, Ramadan and where all the sins go out on the... Yom, not and Yom, Islam? Yom Kippur? Well, Ramadan is Islam. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. Yom Kippur? Is that what it is? Oh, um, let's see. Yom Kippur. Um, and then there's something else. It'll come to us. Yeah, it, we'll, get, we'll get to it. It'll, it'll, it's my brain's party. <laughs> okay, so, so we're close. Um, and we're, we're, we're watching, we're, we're looking at everything, this, that, and the other. So... Tell me what you think. You know, first of all, talk to us about the rapture. Yeah. So uh, the rapture, the word is not in, in found in the scriptures uh, unless you have a Latin Bible. And then you'll see the word rapturo there. And that comes from the original word uh, harpazo, which means to snatch away violently. Uh, that's where we get our word harpoon. Uh, and so the word harpazo is in the original language. And there are several examples of that throughout the scripture where someone is harpazoed or, or snatched away. And that's exactly what the scripture describes will happen to believers uh, when Jesus uh, returns. Now, um, the, the rapture and the second coming or the return of Jesus are really two separate things. The, the rapture is going to happen when Jesus is in the clouds. We are gathered to him and meet him in the air. The second coming or his return is when he actually uh, steps foot on the earth and his return is, uh, is before us. So, yeah, so we see rapture all throughout the scripture and uh, we are, we are uh, promised that that's what's going to happen to us. And are you a pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib? I am a pre-trib guy. Um, I think there's reasonable evidence uh, for several of those views. Um, and, I, I, you know, what's interesting is I, I, I get a kick out of um, when, you know, a, a pre-tribulationist and a post-tribulationist have decided they, they can't talk to each other anymore because they see that differently. I'm, I'm not sure that pleases the Lord, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, except to call each other names. We're, we could do that, but, you know, having a real conversation, you know, is not allowed. So th there are um, there are various views on this. I, I think their scriptural support uh, can be given to most of them. Which you can see I'm looking for right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, pre-tribulation, that, that's where I'm, I'm landing, and I, I've thought through a couple of those different vent, uh, viewpoints. Um, I, I think Revelation 3.10 is an interesting verse. Uh, Since you've kept my commands and endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole earth, for the whole world, to test the inhabitants of the earth. Um, you know, Jesus said in the days of, it will be uh, like the days of Noah and like the days of Lot when uh, he returns. And uh, in both cases, uh, the righteous people or the people of God were taken out of uh, the situation before the judgment uh, happened in those cases. So, um, 
the Bible describes the tribulation as the time of Jacob's trouble, Jacob meaning Israel. And so I think God's going to use that time kind of to, uh, to call his people back to him. And I think they're going to realize that Jesus, in fact, is the Messiah. I think uh, the Jewish people will be saved through the tribulation, and I think that's the main purpose of it. Um, but I think we're going to be in heaven during those seven years and then return with the Lord uh, during the second coming. So I'm looking it up here, and I think I've almost got it. Um, I think it's First Thess- Thessalonians 5, mm-hmm. where destruction will come, and then suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness, so this day should not surprise you like a thief. Mm-hmm. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or the darkness, so then let us not be like each other who are asleep. Uh, that's not what I'm looking for. You were looking for in a blink of a whisper of or a, no. What I'm looking for is that God would not pour out His wrath on His people. Hmm. Uh, yeah, we are not. Oh, to- here it is. So it's first. It's yes. Yeah, first Thess- Thessalonians five six, where it says, "For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ." And this is after we're talking about the coming. You right. Know, this, this, you know, he's, in that context. Yeah, it's all in that context. Yeah. We've been talking about that since uh, chapter four about the coming in First Thessalonians, and then you know in five he says that. God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So to me, that says, if the wrath of the Lord is, is coming onto the earth, yeah. we shouldn't be here because we're not here for wrath. Yeah. You know, one of the most convincing uh, or intriguing things to me that I've seen is uh, the, the, you know, we know when we go to heaven, we're going to be celebrating the marriage supper of the Lamb. The church is the bride of Christ, right? That's the imagery there. And if you look at kind of the Jewish, uh, in, in Jewish culture in Jesus' day and time, the wedding tradition there, it's really interesting because once engaged, the, uh, the husband-to-be would go and add a room onto his father's house. And when that construction was complete, the father would decide, only the father would decide, uh, not even the son knew as he was finishing yeah. the addition, the father would say, okay, go get your bride. And so often this would happen at night. Uh, the wife-to-be knew generally we're getting close, but she didn't know exactly when the groom would come. Right. Often they would sleep in their wedding gown, right? So they would be ready, and uh, they would have people watching. And so when the the husband-to-be comes to get his bride, there's a blast of trumpets. It's a joyful thing. And all the folks associated with this wedding that's uh, about to happen – uh, put the bride on kind of this cot thing and they lift her up in the air and they take her to the father's house uh, where the son has prepared an extra room. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare yeah, a place this, for yeah, you. Yeah. And there uh, are many rooms in the mansion and the wedding takes place over a seven day uh, time period where they celebrate that. And so it's just an amazing picture. Yeah. It seems to me like uh, this is the pattern that the Lord's put together. It's pretty cool. I just don't know how I'm going to look in a white dress. <laughs> That's, I don't have the legs for it. I just just I just just picturing that has ruined eternity. For it me. is. It's uh, it's disturbing. I don't think if I can, I don't think I get over that. Well, and Jesus said he's going to give us a new name. So I mean, you yeah. along with your dress, you might be given a, a new name. <laughs> they are neither male nor female. Nor <laughs> so Chris. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> there you go. Chris is good. <laughs> So, okay, in your sermon, you you, uh, you mentioned something. You, you talked about it briefly, but um, I want to go back to it. You had said that there are some theologians, some very well, 
respected theologians that believe we're already in the tribulation. Yeah, you know what's interesting about you know eschatology, study of the end times, is is you can you can find just about any opinion you want to yeah, find, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, and so yeah, there are some people that think we're in the millennial reign. There's some people that think we're in the middle of the tribulation. I, I just I, I I find it very hard to believe we're in the middle of the tribulation. There are some very specific things that God's outlined in the scripture, and I want to know every one of those after the break. Deal. <laughs> So Jeremiah, I'm a little upset with you. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Whatever did I do? I, I have to buy my son much bigger hats now. <laughs> uh, sounds like you should get him a haircut or something. Well, yeah, yeah, that's you pull his teeth back. Yeah, that, that's a totally different conversation. No, man, he. Uh, you know, you you took the pictures for him for his uh, senior pictures. Yeah, and. Um, I don't know what kind of conversations you and he had, but he came back telling me that he's a model <laughs> and that Jeremiah said so. Mm. That and might then be I, a slight stretch. But. Well, then I got the pictures. Mm. Dad gum, boy. <laughs> I, I got the pictures and I, and I almost kind of agree with him. Yeah. What you do know, you do, man? Well, it's, you know, when we, um, part of what I love about photo sessions, especially meeting new people, like I'd never met Hayden before. And I asked him when we were kind of heading into the area we were going to shoot in. I was like, so, because uh, teenage guys especially tend to go one way or the other. They either they're there because their mom, like, you know, that you have to do this and they hate it. And I try to get it over as quick and painless as possible as I can for them. Or some guys, you know, some guys really enjoy it. And so I asked him, so are you a picture guy? And he's like, well, I don't know. I haven't had pictures, you know, in like forever. So, uh, and so we just kind of got rolling his stuff. And uh, I said, yeah, you're, you're a picture guy. You know, and uh, he just, uh, you know, he took all the directions so well and he was so easy and so, but you know what, something, uh, one thing I love about doing with, with photo, video, whatever it is, is I, I say it all the time, is telling a story and you could just, man, he's such a good dude and his character just came out. Mm. You know, he was so just kind and easy and nice and just, a, just a great guy. And it, and it just kind of yeah, emanated through on those pictures. And so, yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah. Well, you did an excellent job. And tell everybody what the name of your studio is, how to get a hold of you, and uh, yeah. how to make an appointment. Uh, so it's JHA Productions, J-A-Y-C-H-A-Y. My name's Jeremiah Chambers. I get asked that all the time. So it's J for short for Jeremiah and Che for Chambers. That's a really easy way to remember. J-H-A-J-A-Y-C-H-A-Y. Uh, easiest way, honestly, is is through Facebook or Instagram. Send me a direct message. Let me know. Uh, but you can also go to my website, uh, com. You can uh, find some prices there and quotes and all those kinds of things. Uh, I do photo, video, graphic design, kind of whatever you need created visually. I can uh, We can usually figure it out. So Awesome. Well, go see him because I got to tell you... Um, my my son never looked better, and his mother was very very happy. Now that's the win. That's right there. all that matters. <laughs> okay, so you were telling us some things that uh, either had to happen in the tribulation, during the tribulation, before it. What? Where were we? Yeah. So uh, there's very very specific timelines and very specific things that are happening during the tribulation. So if you kind of think of the tribulation, that seven year period. Uh, divided into two pieces. The first half, uh, the Bible references as the beginning of sorrows. It's going to be bad, but not nearly as bad as the last half. And so once we hit that three and a half year mark, 
things go from bad to worse, and that's referred to as the Great Tribulation. So during the first half, we see um, seven seal judgments that the book of Revelation tells about. Uh, And then as we get past the midpoint, then we get into the trumpet judgments, seven of those, and seven bowl judgments. And those judgments get progressively worse the closer we get to the end of the seven-year period, to the point where we're talking about enormous boulders from space hitting the earth. We're talking about earthquakes that level every mountain on the planet. We're talking about worldwide devastation. Dogs and cats living together. You got it, man. (laughs) If you're in the tribulation, you're going to know it. Uh, Jesus said there, there, there will never be anything like it before or since. And so it is going to be the exclamation point to the end of time. Okay. But that, that doesn't sound like something we should look forward to. No. And you know, that's part of the reason I I think, uh, I think another uh, evidence of a pre-tribulation rapture because in first Thessalonians four chapter four, it says for the Lord himself, verse 16 will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left are going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And then it says, therefore encourage one another with these words. So there are going to be zombies. Uh, I think you need to go back and reread that. Oh. You said the dead will rise first. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know, I, I, I think less Night of the Living Dead and more like brand new people. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so. <laughs> Wondering where the zombies are. There's got to be zombies, man. There's got to be. I've got to be. I, I, I got a knife I made just for zombies. <laughs> just for zombies. <laughs> but to that point, I mean, you know, if, if you're hearing this kind of end of time conversation, and it's striking fear in your heart. Uh, or maybe you've just lived through 2020, right? And yeah. between COVID and everything else and unrest in the Middle East. And you're thinking, how in the world? What's going on? Is this it? First of all, if you're a Christian, we need not fear these things. Uh, we, can, we can encourage each other with the, the truth and the knowledge that we are going home to be with the Lord, right? And so, uh, as I heard one preacher say, God put all this together not to scare us, but to prepare us, to get us prepared and ready for what's coming. And so, if if you know the Lord, you have nothing to you have nothing to fear. He's going to be with us through this. And if you don't know the Lord, that's a different story. Yeah, it's time to get your house in order. Yeah, man, uh, for sure. Yeah, because I mean, I I personally I look forward to it. Um, I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, if that means I ain't got to die and go get put in the dirt, I'm all for it. Yeah, man, that was kind of what I guess in a roundabout way, sort of indirectly led me to the Lord. So I was not mm. raised in church. Uh, I was invited to a Wednesday night church barbecue when I was 21. Huh. Stepped foot into church maybe five times before that in my yeah. whole life. I was into drinking, drugs strip clubs, satanic death metal music. I mean, the whole nine yards and here. I'm this punk kid getting invited to a mm-hmm. church. Um, and then kind of the girl that invited me hoodwinked me. Uh, she said it was just barbecue and turned out to be a sermon. Yeah. But uh, in the yes. middle of that sermon, Bait and I, switch. exactly. Yep. I was there for her and man, the Lord ended up um, yeah. really getting a hold of me. So that's awesome. Before I even knew it. So um, he was talking about Things, I mean, it's common to us, you know, grace and forgiveness and stuff yeah. like that. But to an unchurched, wild man, 
that was foreign to me. So I remember racing home that night to my apartment. I pulled out this dusty teen study Bible that I'd been carrying around for whatever reason and started kind of reading and trying to research what these words meant. What was mm. grace? Because grace was something you said before your meal and that was it. And yeah. we were way past the meal by the time he was using this word and it didn't make sense. And I and over the course of a couple of weeks, I started to just devour the word, just read and read, trying. Oh, my soul was searching for yeah. an answer to a question. I, w- I didn't even know what the, the question was. Mm. And I landed in John, and I remember just reading it over and over. And again, unsaved at the time, finding myself asking, Lord, if, if all this stuff you say you did for everybody, does that include me? Mm. Like, did you die for everybody, including me? Mm. But part of what got me to that curiosity was that all of it discords, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the destruction that was coming upon those, the wrath that was coming upon those that were not saved. And that fear kind of led me to the question, like, what do I do about that? Because I was faced with that question. Yes. I had to get an answer. Yeah. And then a gentleman, um, I started kind of attending the church. A uh, gentleman picked up on the fact I was very curious. Mm led me down the Romans road and the rest is history. But, That's awesome. um, but that very thing really kind of captivated enough to get me saved. Yeah. So it was a combination kind of, uh, of God's grace and goodness and also knowing, Hey, there's a day coming here. We exactly. Get ready for it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, mm. so we, we were talking during the break last week, we talked to uh, Jeremiah, which you know, yes. Um, pretty well. He's awesome. And uh, we were kind of talking about the the church. Well, we're talking more about the non-church being offended all of the time. Mm. And that we've gotten to a point in our world where, you know, just the mere mention of Christianity or Jesus or God or any of your voodoo um, just offends everyone. Mm-hmm. So... My question would be is, is you know, and, and like Justin and I once said before, you know, you've got to really hate somebody to not share the gospel. Mm. I mean, you yeah. got you got to hate yeah. somebody pretty bad to, yeah. to not share the gospel with them. But um, but in like in, in Justin's case, you know, the gospel is what's brought him in. But the, the end times is what got him looking for the gospel. Yeah. That's and right. so, you know, that that con- so how would we share this how is how would you say that we go about sharing this stuff which is so offensive to so many people yeah. in such an offended world how, how do we go about doing that without yeah or do we care if anybody's offended yeah you know i think i think there's a couple things to kind of keep in balance here one is um you know i i think it's important to remember that people are searching they, uh, much like you, Justin, you described your, your kind of searching and, and it wouldn't be if, if we'd met you on the street, you know, you wouldn't have said, well, I'm, I'm really searching for God right now. But, uh, if, if you get somebody at that intersection where, you know, uh, we can kind of take a minute to think about it deep down, uh, people know, Hey, this world is crazy. And, uh, what's interesting is right now, people having just come out of the year that we've all had, I think people are more interested and perhaps willing to listen than ever before, provided, uh, we approach that in the right way. And so cramming 
the Bible down their throat or telling them they're wrong and they're going to hell is probably not the way to start that conversation. Um, but uh, out of, of love and grace to just share, you know, maybe what God has done in our own life or to share, man, this hasn't been a crazy year. I mean, that's a great launching point. And, uh, you know, I'm a Christian and I actually believe we're kind of moving toward the end of things. Like, I, I don't know when, but it just makes me really want to live my life for God. I, I think there's some, a lot of ways that we can get into that conversation. I think the, the key is this is not the time to be quiet about this. Uh, if we really believe the Lord is coming and he's coming soon, and I do believe that, uh, then we've got some urgency to this, right? Um, Colossians 4, 5 says, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace. Season with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. So, um, you know, we, I, heard, uh, I heard an author, a Christian author, talk about, speak about this this verse and how we should season our conversations with salt. What does, what does salt do? It makes you thirsty. True. And so you kind of say a few things and then you kind of leave it out there. Um, man, I, I prayed about something the other day and, uh, God really answered my prayer and then you just shut up, <laughs> you know? And, and so the, the, the other person is going, well, are you going to tell me what happened or not? <laughs> like then they're asking, right? Right. Instead of, Hey, I'm going to sit you down and tell you everything I know about Jesus um, season your conversation with the Lord so that people get thirsty. So since I've already offended Oprah. <laughs> yes, she's totally off the list. She'll never listen to the podcast again. And, Thanks. And Joel, for, the, for that matter. Right. Um, how do we deal with those people? Hmm. And I don't, you know, Oprah-esque and Joel-esque type people that we know are out there really hurting people. Yeah. You know, really leading them down a bad, bad path. How, how do we, do we rebuke them or do we just offer something better? You know, I think, I think scripture is the best answer there, you know, to put the scripture out there. And uh, that way it's not really you fighting the other person. It's God's word and they can choose to accept or reject that. That's up to them. But then it's not like my opinion versus your opinion. This is God's opinion. Yeah. And, um, I, th- I think that's the safest place to start. Now, are, are they gonna? Are some people gonna reject that or try to poke holes? Of course, but at least it's God's word, and and that's where we start. I think. Yeah, we've got a whole new podcast or a whole different podcast coming up on some of those yeah. uh, type things and and how we need to guard ourselves against the the prosperity gospels and the progressive yep. Christianity. Which I wish they'd take the Christianity portion off of that, right? Um, we've got a whole new podcast that we're going to be just, just dealing with just those things. And mm-hmm. that, that's, I'm going to offend a lot of people in that yeah. one. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oprah should listen to that one. I think. Yes. Do you have her email address? I'll uh, have to look up her. Yeah, uh, forward that over to her for me. My contacts would. for that. <laughs> Cause I'd like her to hear that one. So last thing I'd like to, to maybe wrap things up with, um, what should Christians be doing right now to prepare for Jesus's coming? Hmm. Man, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, in Second Peter 3, it talks about uh, some of the stuff that we've been talking about, that God's judgment is coming. Uh, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And, you know, uh, 
it's it's all going to hit the fan basically that'd be a paraphrase of the scripture there but uh <laughs> is, that, is that second opinions for <laughs> right, right so uh second peter uh 3:11 it says since everything will be destroyed in this way what kind of people ought you to be i think that is an amazing question you ought to live holy and godly lives it says as you look forward to the day of god and speed is coming and so um i think for the christian for our duty is to live holy and godly lives, not only as in response to what God has done for us, but as a witness and testimony of the people around us. We, If we look too much like the world, you can't tell a Christian from a non-Christian today, we're not getting very far. Yeah, that's, that's, we're, they're supposed to know who we are. They're supposed to know. And so I think that is step one, holy and godly lives. The second thing I would say is we got to live in light of eternity. We are so distracted by the world around us. We're so interested in what uh, new car can I get? How can I get in a better house? What kind of promotion can I get? Not bad things in and of themselves, but man, we are so keyed into this world. Yeah. And the scripture says, uh, this world's going to burn. So you better be keyed into the next life. You better yeah. be focused on eternity. And uh, we ought to be people focused on eternity. Instead, we are focused on the here and now and focused on ourselves. It is high time to turn that around. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it's crazy because I mean, we're going to live here 80, 90 years, yeah. maybe, if, if we're lucky. Yep. And eternity is a little bit longer than that, right? It is. It and is indeed. Last I checked, it's, it's, it's a much longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we as Christians should start being, I don't know, Christians. And what about someone who's not sure? Someone who doesn't really, you know, they're, they're listening to this, they hear it, and they're like, oh, man, that, that sounds bad. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, Am I going to be Kirk Cameron? Am I going to be left behind? Right. You know, am I going to be the one sitting around, you know, going, where'd they all go? Yeah. Uh, so if so, w- 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 what do I do now Yeah. That's to, n- to avoid that? That is not something you want to roll the dice on. That is something you want to be sure about. And so if I would say to anybody listening who has kind of a doubt in their mind, man, I, I'm not sure if I'm saved or I'm not sure where I'm at with God or I'm not sure I'm good enough. The answer is you're not. Jesus is. And so... Have you fully trusted him? Have you fully accepted his grace? Uh, it starts with, uh, I think, finding a Bible-believing church and getting connected um, and um, realizing, you know, we all need a Savior. We're, we're all in the same spot here. God is not going to grade on, on uh, your good works or how uh, nice you are. He's going he's gonna to look at you, and if you are covered in the blood of Jesus, spiritually speaking, if you are um, a recipient of God's grace, then you're in. And if you haven't accepted that grace, um, that is a day that you, you don't want to face. You don't want to regret that. So now's the time. Now's the time. Make it right. Yeah. And, and if you don't know how to do that, find a good Bible-based church. and uh, Absolutely. The Bible teaches us we first have to believe in the Lord, repent of our sin. That means decide to live differently. Confess that we believe Jesus is who he says he is. Be baptized into him, washing our sins away. We get the gift of the Holy Spirit living inside us when we do that. And then we, we live a life of response to God and his goodness. Awesome. Well, I've got one last thing to say. Oprah, if you're listening, it's not too late. Jesus loves you. And you don't have to be part of that wrath that's coming. Come and home. I would love to see you and have a drink with you around the tree of life. There you go, man. Yep.
I like it. Yeah. This was a good discussion. You think we could do a podcast in heaven? That would be so fun. Oh, that would be awesome. I don't think we need microphones, though. We wouldn't. We wouldn't. <laughs> just talking, everybody would get to turn him off. <laughs> How many stars did you get? None. You get zero stars. I None. think our first guest should be Michael. I got nice. a lot of questions to ask him. Love Michael? Yeah, man. I was thinking Adam. I'm just going to punch him in You're the throat. You're going to punch Adam, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah right. And then shake his hand. Weirdo, you got no belly button. Come here. <laughs> Darren, man, I appreciate it. It Absolutely. has been a blast, guys. Thank you all so much. I'd, I'd really like to uh, reserve a spot for you to come back someday. Hey, it's Soon. a deal. Love to. All right. Maybe when we get more people. Cool. <laughs> or even, know, even you, not. You know, we're doing pretty good. Are we? Yeah. we uh, Downloads. So we've been, this will be our fifth week. Maybe six, six, fifth week. This is our fifth week. Um, 435 downloads as of this morning. Wow. Awesome. It's not bad. Yeah. I think it's is a it fine start. Just in the U.S.? No, 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 man. I, we got people listening in Italy. Benvenuti Italia. Mm. I know Italian. <laughs> Bless you. That's awesome. Poco. Uh, so, no, we've got uh, in, in uh, Italy, we've got some in Sweden. Uh, no, Switzerland. Not Sweden. Switzerland. Uh, France. London. Uh, UK. Well, I already said London. Uh, there was somewhere else, too. Some weird place. I don't know. But the, the oddest place that I found that we actually have a pretty good following, Los Angeles. Nice. Really? Seriously. Very nice. cool. I, I wouldn't expect that. You know, unless somebody was thinking that Exploring the Way was a Jeep, you know, <laughs> podcast. But we kind of have that. Yeah, we, I was going to say, we got the Jeep as a logo. Oh, like, oh, 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 the mountains. How do we get Oh, this is lame. <laughs> they could be listening while they're surfing, you know, or something. That's right. Yeah, That's man. That's what I'd be doing. That's, yeah. So we're getting out there. But here's the thing. And I, I want I want to talk to you, the, the listeners, um, and I, I can't say it in Italian, so you're just going to have to translate it. Um, we need the reviews. Hmm. Uh, we need you guys to go on there and you know rate us one to five stars. We of course deserve five, but whatever you want to put down, it'd be clearly. Fine. But we clearly Darren deserves five. Darren exactly. <laughs> so I mean, you know, if you want to, when it's just me and Justin, you want to give us two or three, go for it. But when Darren's on, I mean, that's it, it, they don't have six, or I'd tell you to give them six. Yeah. <laughs> but please go on there and give us a rating. I mean, if you're listening anyway, it's super easy just to push that little that little star button. And then if you got a minute, write a review. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if this is something that that you're enjoying and this is something you're getting something out of. Get, write a review. It's the best way that anybody else can know that if they want to listen mm. to this or not. Because um, just looking at the name and looking at the titles, you, you may not know what it is. But give us a little review, and uh, you know, if you hate us, keep it to yourself. But if you uh, if you love us, <laughs> give us a little review <laughs> there. So. Yeah, so. yeah, just tell us. And if they have uh, any kind of show ideas, can they reach out to us? Absolutely, they can. Uh, we've got an email address at exploringtheway21 at gmail dot com. We are on Facebook at exploringtheway21. And we have our own website at www.exploringtheway.info. Nice. Did I say that? Yes. Infomercial enough? www. (laughs) Nice. I wouldn't go because of that voice, but. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. What did he say? I don't know. It wasn't one All right, guys. Well, let's get out of here. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you. And uh, thank you, guys. Hopefully, we will all be. be be going up with the zombies when 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 it comes. See you in the air, man. <laughs> Adios. See you guys.
Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.